Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me. Box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. Remember, to be sure that you never miss an episode, you can subscribe to our podcast using your favorite podcast software, including Stitcher, Overcast, Spotify, or the Amazon Music app at amazon.com slash otrdetectives. Well, today is our 3,950th episode special. Yes, we're only 50 episodes away from 4,000. And we're going to celebrate with another Sam Spade a comedy episode. And this one comes from the Burns and Allen program, which starred George Burns and his wife, Gracie Allen. The original air date is February 10th, 1949, and the title is Gracie Sends Sam Spade to Jail. Another cup of Maxwell House coffee, George? Sure, pour me a cup, Gracie. You know, Maxwell House is always good to the last drop. That drop's good, too. <laughs> yes, it's Maxwell House coffee time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. With our special guest, Howard Duff, who is the famous detective Sam Spade. Yours truly, Toby Reed, Joseph Kearns, Eric Snowden, Harry Lubin, the Maxwell House Orchestra, and Bill Goodwin. For America's Thursday night comedy enjoyment, it's George and Gracie. And for America's everyday coffee drinking enjoyment, it's Maxwell House. Always good to the last drop. Many people say that Gracie is responsible for George being where he is today, and that's certainly true. Gracie is also responsible for Sam Spade being where he is today. You see, George and Sam Spade are both in jail. <laughs> How did it happen? Well, let's listen as George is being questioned by a police lieutenant. All right, let's start at the top. Name? George Burns. Occupation? I'm married to Gracie Allen. <laughs> no, 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 no. What do you do? What keeps you busy? I'm married to Gracie Allen. <laughs> Let me put it this way. What's your source of income? I'm married to Gracie Allen. <laughs> All right, skip it. What's your age? Approximately 42. How come you look older? I'm married to Gracie Allen. <laughs> What's your address? 360 North Camden. All right, Burns. Now, suppose you tell me why you're in this jam. I'm married to Gracie Allen. <laughs> you're in a rut. Hey, Spade, how come you're in this jam? He's married to Gracie Allen. <laughs> you know, Burns, you and this Spade character are accused of murder. Now, suppose you tell me the whole story right from the start. Okay, Lieutenant. It all started last Sunday night. I was sitting home listening to the radio with my wife. I'm married to uh, Gracie, Gracie Allen. Gracie Allen, yes. That part I know. Take it from there. Well, Gracie and I were listening to the adventures of Sam Spade. The, pro- the program was just finished. Let's take a little ride down to headquarters. Me, sir? But I wouldn't murder Mr. Benson. I've been his butler for 20 years. Don't play innocent. I know you pulled this caper, and I've got enough evidence to put you right in the hot seat. But, Mr. Spade, I didn't do it. Say that malarkey for the warden. You were clever, Jenkins, but not clever enough. I think I'll call this the careless butler caper. (laughs) 
Why did you turn off the radio, Gracie? Sam Spade got the wrong man tonight. What? I'm positive that Jenkins the butler wasn't guilty. An innocent man is going to get the hot plate. <laughs> hot seat. And don't worry. He'll only get it on the radio. Well, who cares where they put it? When he sits down, it'll burn. <laughs> oh, I, I've got to talk to Sam Spade right away. Honey, Sam Spade is not a real detective. And I'll say he isn't. Any man who'd make an innocent butler sit on the hot plate... Should... Gracie, he'll get a hot seat. Oh, he sure will after he sits on that hot plate. <laughs> Look, here's what I mean. On his program, Sam Spade is a private detective. But in real life, he's just an ordinary guy. Just like on your program, you're a nitwit. But in real life... <laughs> that won't work. Anyway, Gracie, what you just heard was only a radio program. I know that. The real crime happened last week. Every Sunday night, Sam Spade broadcasts his most thrilling case of the week. You still don't understand. Sam Spade is just a character. I'll say he's a character. Making that poor innocent butler sit in a hot place. Hot seat. Let me try to explain this once more. Sam Spade isn't even the fellow's real name. He's the brainchild of Dashiell Hammett. Oh, oh, you mean his real name is Sam Hammett? No, his real name is Howard Duff. Then why is his, uh, why isn't his father's name Dashiell Duff? <laughs> Look, Sam Spade doesn't have any actual father or mother. He came from Dashiell Hammett's typewriter. Oh, Josh, you're so innocent. <laughs> you believe that old story about coming from under cabbage leaves, too? <laughs> What's the use? Okay, Sam Spade is a naughty detective, and he's sending an innocent butler to the hot plate. Hot seat. <laughs> Good night, dear. Good night. Well, Lieutenant, I didn't think any more about it. I was tired. It was past my bedtime. What time was it? It was after nine. Gee. <laughs> so I went to bed thinking Gracie would follow me. Instead, she followed Sam Spade. Oh, what do you mean? Uh, let me tell you about that part of the lieutenant. Okay, Spade. Well, I'd uh, finished my regular Sunday night show at the broadcasting studio, after which the actors lingered on for a little bull session, you know, who stepped on whose lines, I want a bigger part next week, and so forth. So uh, it's about ten when I step out into the California night air, which is also about ten. But uh, <laughs> there's no snow, so I decide to walk home. I haven't taken two steps when this little lady grabs me by the sleeve and says... Are you Sam Spade? Well, if I had known then what I know now, I would have thrown myself under the wheels of a passing sunset bus. <laughs> but I'm a ham, and I figure she's maybe a fan, so I answer in my best Pasadena Playhouse voice. Why, oh, yes, I'm Sam Spade. The butler didn't do it. Huh? You've got the wrong man. The butler didn't jerk that kipper. Jerk that kipper? Y yank that copper? You mean pull that caper? That's it, yes. <laughs> you sent an innocent man to jail. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Lady, I think you're a little mixed up about me. I'm just an actor on CBS. That's what everybody says. <laughs> Look, uh, little lady, I'm tired. It's been a tough day. I'll uh, see you around, huh? No, just a minute, Sam Spade. I heard you arrest that butler. Now, you've got to let him go free. You, uh, wouldn't give me a rib, would you? Anything to free that butler. Which rib do you want? <laughs> I'll tell you what. Why don't you write me a letter? With a dull pencil. Don't use anything sharp. 
Uh-huh. I'll do better than that. I'll come to your office. Where is it? I haven't got an office. Oh, plain cagey, huh? All right. I'll come to your house. Where's that? Uh, three, two, one. Oh, no. I'm not talking. I want to get some sleep tonight. So long. So long. Why are you following me? What do you want? Got a cigarette? Sure. Here you are. Thanks. Got a match? Sure. Want me to light it for you? No, thanks. I don't smoke. <laughs> then why did you ask me for a cigarette? Well, I thought I'd better have it in case somebody asked me for one. I see. Would you like a cigarette? No, thanks. Well, good night. Good night. Okay, okay. Now what? Got the time? Yeah, it's exactly, uh, ten ten. Thanks, thanks. No, I meant it's ten minutes after ten. You're wrong. My watch says fifteen after ten. You've got a watch? Sure. Then why did you ask me the time? One cigarette? <laughs> no. Well, good night. Good night. Look, lady, stop following me. Oh! Yeah, fancy meeting me here. Can I uh, give you the slip? Please. I couldn't accept a thing like that from a strange man. All right, what do you want this time? Got a road map. A road map. Are you lost? No. May I make a suggestion? What? Get lost. Well, good night. Good night. Well, I've had enough of this, little lady. You've seen the end of me. Yeah, for two blocks. <laughs> this time I'll lose you. Hey, uh, taxi, taxi. Let's get out of here, cabbie, but fast. Here's my house, cabbie. Pull up. That was real driving, buddy. Keep the change. Good night. Good night. Oh, no. Oh, no! How did you get here? On the back of that cab. <laughs> who are you, anyway? Oh, no, no. I'm too smart to tell you who I am. If I did, you'd complain to my husband, George Burns. <laughs> oh, so you're Gracie Allen. How did you find out? You forget I'm a detective. And now I know what the National Safety Council means when they say, don't be a Gracie. Oh, never mind that. Are you going to let the butler go? Look, Gracie, there's really no butler in prison, and I'm not really Sam Spade. Oh, now, don't give me that story about your mother being a typewriter. What? <laughs> You're not talking to a child. I'm older than I look. Okay, Gracie, I see there's no use arguing with a smart girl like you. I'll see that the butler gets out. I'll get him the best mouthpiece in town. Get him out first. Fix his teeth later. <laughs> okay, okay. Good night. Well, Lieutenant, I thought that that would be the end of the episode. But it wasn't, huh? Brother, you haven't heard anything yet. The next uh, morning... Wait a minute, Mr. Burns. Before I listen to any more of this story, I'll have to send out for some aspirin. Yeah. Have some of mine. Hey, how come you walk around with your pockets full of aspirin? 
I'm married to Gracie Allen. Yes, it's Strike Up the Band, the glorious music of George Gershwin. You know, you just can't mistake those melodies, those typical harmonies, the wonderful Gershwin rhythms, and it's all these things, all the separate musical elements skillfully combined that make the music of George Gershwin so immortal. Listen a moment to one of his most famous compositions. It was heard for the first time just 25 years ago tonight. But see if you can recognize it when we play Just the Mellow Harmony. With that, we'll blend this counter-melody for richness. And now to add that vigorous Gershwin rhythm. Finally, we'll round out this great score as Gershwin intended you to hear and enjoy it by adding his full-bodied melody. Yes, the famous Rhapsody in Blue, even more popular today than when it was first played 25 years ago tonight. Like all great composers, George Gershwin knew well that great music requires not one, but many fine musical parts all skillfully blended into one harmonious score. And friends, it takes the same skill in blending to bring you great coffee, famous Maxwell House coffee. It's flavor, rich, satisfying, good-to-the-last-drop flavor that's made Maxwell House America's favorite brand of coffee. And to create the superb flavor, our Maxwell House experts combine not one, but many choice coffees from the fertile highlands of Latin America. First, they select premium grades of Manizales coffees for mellowness. To these coffees, fine metalins are added for richness. But famous Maxwell House flavor must be more than mellow and rich. So other choice coffees are added for bigger. And then Bucaramanga's coffees contribute their fine, full body. This perfectly balanced Maxwell House blend is then radiant roasted to flavor perfection and brought to you vacuum-packed and roaster-fresh. And because you folks on the West Coast really know and enjoy coffee at its best, Maxwell House is blended and roasted for you right here on the West Coast to satisfy your critical taste. So tomorrow, discover all the extra flavor that's yours in every cup of America's favorite brand of coffee. Famous Maxwell House, always good to the last drop. Now, back to the city jail, where George and Sam Spade are trying to explain how Gracie put them there. Let's see if I've got this straight so far, Burns. Your wife listened to Sam Spade's program, thought he was really sending an innocent butler to the chair, and started hounding him. That's right, Lieutenant. What did you think, Spade? 
I uh, didn't know what to think, Lieutenant. The surveys tell me I have ten million odd listeners, but I didn't think any of them were that odd. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, to get rid of her, you told her that you'd free the butler. Yeah, but that didn't satisfy Gracie. She demanded to see the guy. That's when Spade came to me for help. He asked me to make Gracie leave him alone. Now, what'd you say? I told him to ask me something easy. Like getting Westbrook Pegler to dance with Eleanor Roosevelt. <laughs> Mr. Burns, why do you put up with a wife like that? I'm too old to go back to Gus Edwards. <laughs> Besides which, I happen to love her. Well, uh, so what did you two decide to do? Well, there was only one thing we could do. That was dig up the actor who played the butler on my program and let Gracie see him. Which we did. Yeah, and that's when we really got into trouble. Well, tell me just what happened. Okay. Spade was giving the guy his final instructions. Well, uh, remember, Claude, you're Jenkins the butler, and I have set you free. Don't worry, I'll have Mrs. Burns crying like a baby. Mm. In radio, they don't call me the male Ma Perkins for nothing. <laughs> oh, come on, Gracie's in the next room. Honey, here's Sam Spade. Yes, Mrs. Burns, and I have uh, freed the butler. Here he is. Uh, how do you do, madam? It is the butler. I recognize that voice. Oh, I'm so happy for you, Jenkins. What will you do now that you're free? I shall return to the home of my youth. Where does your youth live? I had reference to my birthplace, madam, dear old England. I shall go back there to regain my health. Really? Yes, America is nice, but I'll take Liverpool. Well, you don't have to go to England for Liverpool. They're made right here. Oh, yes, that's Carter's little Liverpools. I take them. <laughs> Liverpool is the name of a city. Yes, now, uh, thank Mrs. Burns for getting out of jail and then screw. Uh, disappear. <laughs> Madam, your beneficent intervention has terminated a most injurious and humiliating incarceration. You'll never know what that means. Well, I won't unless you shorten the word. <laughs> goodbye, Jenkins. Uh, farewell all. I go to a new and better life. Oh, goodbye. Write me from Kidney Creek. <laughs> Liverpool. Well, I was in the right neighborhood. <laughs> goodbye. Ah, well, that uh, takes care of that, eh, George? You said it. I'll be running along, too. Uh, goodbye, Gracie. Uh, just a minute. Now, look. If the butler didn't murder Mr. Benson, who did? Huh? You proved that his wife and daughter didn't do it, and there was only one other person on the scene. So he must be the murderer. Who? You. <laughs> Me? Confess, Sam Spade. You murdered Mr. Benson. But I had no motive. Then you did it with something else. <laughs> Look, Gracie, Tell we... Tell me my lipstick, George. I'm going to give him the third degree. <laughs> lipstick? Well, I want to look nice when he shines that bright light in my face. <laughs> You're supposed to shine it in his face. Oh. Oh, well, then give him the lipstick. <laughs> I'm getting out of this madhouse. Goodbye. Well, Lieutenant, Spade ran out of that house like... Like... After, like he was seeing a ghost, which was true because from then on, Gracie started haunting him, trying to make him confess. Yeah, she uh, found out that my radio sponsor was Wild Root Cream Oil, so she disguised herself with a big hat and a veil and knocked at my door. Sam Spade? Yes. How do you do? My name is Wild Root. Wild Root? Perhaps you know my husband, Willie Cream Oil. My full name is Mrs. Wild Root Cream Oil. I'm the wife of your sponsor. Now, look. I understand you murdered a Mr. Benson. Now, that's strictly forbidden in your contract. 
Mrs. Cream Oil, you look like Gracie Allen to me. Flattery will get you no place. <laughs> now, if, um, if you'd like to confess, perhaps we can get you off with life imprisonment. And when you come out, you can take over your program again. Gracie, I did not murder Mr. Benson. Go away. But the next day, she was back. This time with another disguise. Sam Spade? Yes? I'm from Western Union. I have a telegram here from President Truman. What? I'll read it to you. Dear Sam, confess. Signed, Harry. <laughs> Any answer? Scram. Beat it. Go away. That's no way to talk to the president. Out! Out! But the third day topped everything. She posed as a private detective. Sam Spade? Yes? I'm Sally Shovel. <laughs> now, listen, chum. We're in the same racket, pal, and I want to help you, buddy, so why don't you confess, Matt? You're a private eye? Also, ear, nose, and throat. <laughs> I, uh, I put everything into my work. Now, uh, confess, Doc. So you murdered Benson, so what? I've been mixed up with a few keepers. Or, or is it capers? In your case, it's keepers. Now, go away! <laughs> Well, Lieutenant, that's when Spade came to see me again. Looking much older. Yeah, we uh, hit on a brilliant scheme. We decided that I should confess the murder, then George would pretend to take me to the city hall to surrender, and Gracie would forget the whole thing. But Gracie did something we didn't count on. What was that? While I was going to pick up Spade, she called the police. Oh, yes, that's where I come into the picture. She called me. I suppose you tell us what happened then. Well, when I got to the house, she... There's a desperate criminal on his way here to confess a murder. As soon as he confesses, you can grab him. Don't worry, lady. I'll... Oh, that must be him. Yeah, you wait in the next room. He may be armed. Oh, he is. There's one hanging from each shoulder. <laughs> you call me if you need me. Oh, hello. Where is everybody? Never mind. What's your name? Bill Goodwin. What did you do with the body? I took her home. <laughs> What did you do then? I dumped her out. Oh, she was dead, huh? Well, sure, that's why I took her home. <laughs> You've done a pretty terrible thing, young man. Ah, tomorrow I'll send her some flowers. Oh, you're a real killer. Oh, sure. <laughs> now tell me everything you did tonight. I will not. <laughs> Who are you, her father? No. Well, in that case, I'll tell you that. Another fellow and I double-dated. We met the girls, and the four of us went into a restaurant for dinner. I ordered four cups of Maxwell House coffee. Then what? Well, I told the waiter to bring the other people some, too. See, I wanted them to taste the rich, mellow goodness of Maxwell House. It's America's favorite coffee, you know. Yes, I know. What happened then? Well, that's when the girl and I got into a fight. Aha! What about? She caught me drinking her Maxwell House coffee. <laughs> But you've had four cups. Well, when you taste that good to the last drop flavor, you just don't know when to stop. You know, Maxwell House is a blend of the finest Latin American coffees, radiant roasted to the peak of flavor perfection. Well, officer, did he confess the mur... Bill Goodwin! He confessed everything, Mrs. Burns. He got mixed up with a girl, and now he's headed for the chair. You're nuts. When I get mixed up with a girl, I head for the divan. <laughs> I mean the electric chair. You killed a girl. Are you kidding? All I killed was five cups of Maxwell House coffee. Yes, officer, this is the wrong man. Sam Spade is the one you want to arrest. Sam Spade is in trouble? 
Oh, gee, I was going to hire him to find someone for me. Who? Girl about five feet two, red hair, green eyes, terrific figure, drives a Cadillac convertible. Oh, when did you last see her? Who's seen her? I want Spade to find me one like that. <laughs> Not so long. Well, there won't be any mistake this time, officer. Here comes my husband up the walk with the real murderer. Yeah, anyone can tell that guy's a criminal. Look at that low forehead. That's my husband. Oh. <laughs> well, this time I want to hear the confession before I make the pinch. I'll just duck into this closet. Oh, poor Mr. Spade. I hate to think of him sitting in the electric chair with those long legs. He'll be so uncomfortable. Well, here he is, Gracie. Ready to confess. Yes, I can hide the truth no longer. I killed Benson. Why did you do it, Mr. Spade? That man murdered my mother, ruined my father, tortured my sister, and robbed my brother. Oh, then it was nothing personal. <laughs> no, I just didn't like him. Oh. How, how did it happen? Benson was standing in a bar, see? I walked up to him, let him have two slugs, and he fell to the floor. Oh. Couldn't hold his liquor, huh? <laughs> you let him have two slugs from a pistol. Now keep quiet and let the man confess. Yes, dear. I never gave him a chance, see? I shot him down in cold blood. As he lay on the floor, I pulled the trigger again and again and again. When the gun was empty, I stood over his body and laughed like the fiend that I am. <laughs> I should be locked up for 20 years, 30 years. I'll make that 40. Huh? Who are you? I'm Regan from Homicide. I called him over to hear your confession. Okay, come on, Spade. Officer, wait a minute. Let me explain. Mr. Spade and I cooked this whole thing up together. Oh, an accomplice. I'll take you along, too. <laughs> Wait a minute. I've never done anything wrong in my life. Well, of course not. He's my husband, the man who married me. All right, so I did one thing wrong. <laughs> come on, come on, you two. Well, Lieutenant, that's the whole story. Oh, uh, my apologies, fellas. You're both free to go. Thanks. Come on, Sam. Let's get out of here. You said it. Oh, by the way, Mr. Burns, your wife's waiting outside. Gracie? So long, George. I'm staying in jail. So long. Oh, hello, darling. Hello, Gracie. Let's go home. Oh, I can't, sweetheart. I've got something important to do. Hey, you've got that big hat and that veil on again. Where are you going? Well, while you were in jail, I heard Ellery Queen on the radio, and he arrested the wrong man. Oh, no. You're not going to start it. Join us again next Thursday when we'll all be back. George Burns, Gracie Allen, Bill Goodwin, Harry Lubin and the Maxwell House Orchestra, and yours truly, Toby Reed. And now, here are our stars. Well, Gracie, next week we're going to have two guest stars. Mr. and Mrs. James Mason. James Mason? He's that wonderful English actor who's so mean and so rough with women. That's the man. <gasps> Gee. Gee, he might hit me. Oh, but with you here, he wouldn't dare. You said it. You'd show him. Mm. If he hit me, you'd hit Mrs. Mason. That's what I did. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let's all remember to help the National Safety Council in their campaign to cut down the terrible toll of home accidents. Be safe. Be careful. Don't be a Gracie. Good.
good things. The easy way. You like good things the easy way? Then get instant Maxwell House coffee. So good. So good. True coffee flavor and fragrance because instant Maxwell House is not a so-called coffee product. It's all pure Maxwell House coffee in instant form. And so easy. So easy. Instant Maxwell House means great coffee instantly in your cup. No fuss, no muss, no bother. Today, try Instant Maxwell House. Instantly good to the last drop. Howard Duff will soon be seen as star of the Universal International picture, Red Canyon. Until next Thursday, when our guests will be Mr. and Mrs. James Mason. Good night and good luck from the makers of Maxwell House, America's favorite brand of coffee. Always good to the last drop. The George Burns and Gracie Allen Show is written by Paul Henning and Keith Fowler. Welcome back. What a hilarious episode. There were some great bits in it. I I thought it was hilarious when she asked uh, Sam Spade for the cigarette and the matches and then said she didn't smoke. I mean, that was just a great bit. Perfect timing. And Gracie Allen in top form. There are so many great uh, comic performers in old-time radio, but I don't think any can make me laugh as much as Gracie Allen. She just had such superb timing, delivery. It's just something else to hear her work. And the writing was good. I love Sam Spade slash Howard Duff's line that... Survey said that he had 10 million odd listeners, but he didn't think any were quite this odd. And the writer, Paul Henning, went on to a very successful career in television, most notably as the creator and main writer for the Beverly Hillbillies. Of course, you also got a few of the running gags and tropes of the uh, program, such as George being a bit of a weakling, who depended on Gracie for his livelihood, and Bill Goodwin being a bit of a wolf. And of course, there I don't think there was a better pitchman in old-time radio than uh, Bill Goodwin for being able to work his pitches into the plot of effectively a sitcom. It's a bit different with a variety program where they take a break and, you know, you just kind of get a commercial to be its own thing. But being able to uh, deliver it as worked into the plot, and he did this not only for Maxwell House Coffee, but he did it for Swan Soap for many years, and later he'd do it for Carnation Evaporated Milk. And he'd go back to Bob Hope and would do it on the Bob Hope Show for Jell-O. Oh, an incredibly talented guy. Now, one reference that uh, went over my head was when George said that Sam Spade should ask him to do something easy like getting Eleanor Roosevelt and Westbrook Pegler to dance. And of course, the uh, listener in the 21st century asked, who was Westbrook Pegler? Westbrook Pegler was a Pulitzer Prize winning columnist 
and a critic of the New Deal. His criticism was at such a level that FDR asked the FBI to investigate, and they found no evidence of sedition. But apparently his feud with Eleanor Roosevelt had not really cooled even four years after she'd left the White House following the death of her husband. So that's what that joke was about. Well, now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Bruce, Patreon supporter since April of 2019, currently supporting the program at the rookie level of $2 or more per month. Thanks so much for your support, Bruce. And that will do it for today. We'll be back next Sunday to begin our series of encore performances. And this Tuesday, be sure and listen to Dr. Tim Detective. But join us back here tomorrow for the Adventures of Sam Spade, where... Well, what exactly is my assignment, Mr. Bright? I want you to be present at this miserable party tonight and pretend to have a good time. Why don't you hire an actor? <clears throat> this is a new kind of masquerade ball. Even I have a unique problem here. A Halloween party combined with a party announcing the engagement of a socially prominent young woman. <laughs> well, naturally, the press will be on hand. They always are at my parties. But I doubt if any of the invited guests will show up. That's where you come in. You are one of the uninvited. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram. Instagram.com slash GreatDetectives from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off. <laughs>